So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in a we're going to be in the book of First Timothy, and and even though Paul was writing this to Timothy, and we don't know Paul personally, he didn't write this to us. God put it in the Bible, and that means it's to us. Uh, God compiled it in here with it, and so even though Paul here is he he says it is. To Timothy, verse number two, it says, unto Timothy. Even though this is directed straight toward Timothy, we can insert our own names there as we are to be uh, we are to be preachers of the gospel. Even in our everyday life, even among our individual families, we are to maintain uh, secret devotions. It, it says it in here that we're to maintain family devotions, that we are to, to go out into the world, the book of Mark says, to preach, to teach all nations, to, to spread the gospel, to be a testimony, to be a testament under the grace of Jesus Christ to every nation, to everybody. And that leaves nobody out. And so whenever we're reading this and, and going through this and studying the book of First Timothy in the coming weeks, let's remember that, that Paul may be directing this to Timothy, but God is directing it to us. Book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 1. Paul, an apostle, excuse me, verse number 1. An apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless geologies, genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in the faith, so do. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come. God, we thank you for your word. Through it, we might have guidance. Through it, we might have understanding. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which translates into our heart. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look and we will study in the book of Timothy. God, that you would allow us to see what you would have for us. God, that you would allow us to, to hear and to do so with open hearts. Lord, most of all, I pray that you'd help us so we could draw closer to you. God, that we wouldn't give room for anything else in our life to come before you. And all this we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here again, Paul is directing this to Timothy. But a lot can be said of these first couple of verses. And I'm not going to spend an awful lot of time on the salutation. We understand that because of the road to Damascus, Paul was called an apostle because he laid eyes on Jesus Christ. Whenever the, the bright light shone down, he said, he said, it is I whom thou persecutest. He said, it's me, Jesus. And so at that point in time, Paul became an apostle. So whenever he writes a letter, it's Paul the apostle. And he's writing unto Timothy. And he says, as I besought thee. And whenever we get into verse 3 and 4, I got lost, and it may be just me. The words that Paul used and the way that Paul phrases a lot of things sometimes is, is hard to understand and difficult to get, so we're going to try to break it down where, where I, I understood it a little bit better so that we all might. He said, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, the first thing that we need to understand is that that Timothy was at one point in time with Paul, that they were together, that Paul calls Timothy his son in the faith, that Paul was training and teaching and helping and guiding Timothy even before he wrote this epistle. And we don't have a record of everything that Paul said, of everything that Paul did. But we, we begin here what he said, I besought thee to stay. And he said that, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no 
other doctrine. And even though that we are charged, each of, each of one of us individually, we are charged to go and to teach and to spread the gospel as we're commissioned as a church. We're also charged not to give heed to fables, not to teach any other doctrine. As Christians, we, we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the gospel. Because of that, we believe in the true word of God. And you cannot believe in the true word of God and teach doctrines that are contrary to the true word of God. And so what Paul here is trying to say is, I heard a guy say one time, he said the simplest thing to sum up the first and second book of Timothy is Paul saying, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. That's it. He said, he said don't give in to these other things and, and tell other people they're, they're not supposed to. A lot of people will tell you that whenever you, you go to, to witness, whenever you go to, to contact other people, whenever you get to discussing religion, and some of you I know can, can relate to this, Whenever you start discussing religion, there's a lot of them out there. And there are very, very, very few churches that believe everything the same. Very few of them. When I say very few, it's fewer than I would ever believe. Very few people believe everything the exact same. But Paul is telling Timothy here, you, you don't have to believe everything that they believe, but teach no other doctrine. Spread no other doctrine. Try to don't don't try to take any other doctrine anywhere. If it is not in this book, don't preach it like it's in this book. If it's not in this book, don't go telling other people. Well, the Bible says. I'm sure we're all guilty of it at some point. You, you tell your kids the Bible says, "Do unto others like you want them to do to you," right? And then your kids will take that and they'll translate it as. He hit me. I'm going to hit him because the Bible says to do unto others like they do to you. Anybody else ever caught that translation? Get it flipped around, get it backwards. And then a lot of times the kids will take and use that. So whenever we use the gospel, we need to articulate. And I know that's a tough word. It's uh, We're to explain what we're trying to teach, what we're trying to get over. Not that, that the Holy Spirit can't get it across. It can but whenever we're trying to witness to people and we're telling them that, that, that you need to be saved, saved from what? We need to articulate what we're trying to get across. We need to be very careful of the words that we choose as they can get strong in a different way, that, that they can get twisted, they can get turned, and especially if you're talking to someone that don't really want to, to have what you're trying to say. And Paul here told, Tith, to, told Timothy, he said, charge some that they teach no other doctrines, that they neither give heed, don't pay attention to, don't listen to, don't give any kind of bearing to, don't even, don't even let it get in your ears, don't give heed to, don't pay attention to it. Whenever somebody says your name, do you look up and look for them? When I'm in class and I'm sitting there at my desk, somebody says, Coach Cooper, Mr. Cooper, I look up and I'm looking for them. I've given heed to that person. I've given my attention to that person. And so whenever we begin to, to go out into this world and, and to witness and Whenever we're in this world living, living as a witness, then we need to make sure that we don't give heed to things that are not of God. That we don't pay attention to them very, very hard. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't read and study to arm ourselves against the things of this world. I'm saying that we should not buy into it. I'm saying that whenever we find a, a young person in, in Christ, we should not allow them to get swept away in it. 
there are a lot of very, very, very good people that I've considered friends most of my life that right now believe you're part of the elect and you're going to heaven or you are not part of the elect and you're going to hell because they gave heed to various doctrines. And they said, well, that makes a lot of sense. Those 14 verses in the Bible, never mind all the rest of them, but those 14 verses in the Bible make a lot of sense. I'm Calvinist now. There's several of my good friends that have went that direction because they gave heed because they did not they did not build their foundation on thus saith the word of God. They built their foundation based on what everybody else was saying. Well, well you can take in and pull a, a verse out of the Bible that says wine is good for the belly. Does that mean that you ought to drink wine all day, every day, and to the point that you can't see straight the majority of your life? The Bible says it's good for the belly. And whenever you disregard everything else in the Bible, you can make it say whatever you want to. You really can. And as many translations as there are out there today, you can find one that says what you want it to say. Whenever you look in, in uh, Brother David Easterlin at Pine, he had a, a chart on his wall and it showed the different translations of the Bible and, and how they varied from the original translation. And so the King James Version was as close to nearly word for word as you can get. And so they, they got worse as you went to the left. And, and so the first thing that you saw is the, the New America or the New King James and then a little further to the left and you had the New American Standard and then the, the New Living Translation, the NIV, the ESV, all that. And then you go all the way down there to the end and it was the, the Message Bible. If you've never seen it, it is, it is insane. It is, it's crazy. If, if you read it, it's like reading a, a fiction story. It's, it's not like reading the Bible. And so if, if you want something to say something, you can find it. It's like the man said, you can always find a politician to sell what you want to say. You can always find a translation to, to say what you want it to say, but it's not going to be the Bible. And so that's what Paul is telling Timothy here. He's, he's saying, teach no other doctrine. Don't find yourself trying to lead people in any other direction. Tell these people that are wrong that they're wrong. Charge them, tell them, ask them, plead with them that they teach no other doctrine, neither that they give heed to fables, to stories. I went to church with a friend of mine one day and the preacher stood up and he told a story. I don't remember what story it was. It was a baseball story. But he had his Bible kind of laid up here like this. And the Bible wasn't opened. It was, it was flipped closed. And it was laid up there like that. And he stood up and he told a baseball story. Whenever he got preaching, got through preaching, his Bible was still laid there. 35-minute sermon, 40-minute sermon. It was long. He was long-winded. I don't remember how long it was. But he got through preaching. His Bible was still laying there. He had not quoted a verse from the Bible. He had not paraphrased a verse from the Bible. He had not referred to his Bible. He left it laying up there. If we can't base what we teach, what we preach, what we carry out in the world on thus saith the word of God, then we need to slow down. We need to reevaluate ourselves. Because it all begins with God. It all begins with his word. He said, neither giving heed to fables, to stories, to, to things that have no basis in fact, to things that have no basis in thus saith the word of God. And endless genealogies. 
which minister questions. Paying attention to, th- to things that just trip you up. Have y'all read the book of Numbers? And all those genealogies, whenever I read the, the through a Bible in one year, uh, I, I skipped most of the book of Numbers. It, it's tough. It really is. It seems like those genealogies are endless. But they're there for a reason. Otherwise, God wouldn't have included them in His Word. If I skip over them, I'm wrong. But whenever we get hung up on those things, whenever they become endless, whenever they become fabulistic, whenever they become a distraction, then they become a problem. And Paul is telling Timothy to to charge them that they teach no other doctrine, that they don't give heed to fables, that they don't pay attention to endless genealogies, that that they don't pay attention to to where people come from. I'm the son of Abraham. I'm I'm good. Wrong. Try again. I'm the son of so-and-so. Don't don't matter. You need Christ just like everybody else. Not to give heed to it, not to pay attention to it, not to to give yourself over to it, because they minister questions. Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. And then there's a colon. He said, so do. Charge them. Minister to those. Encourage them not to go this direction. Encourage them not to give in to this. Encourage them not to teach, not to preach, not to carry these fables, these genealogies, these doctrines that are not based in the Word of God. These doctrines that are not based in Jesus Christ, don't don't take them with you. Don't go with them. Don't go any other direction. Verse number 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart of a good good conscience and of faith unfeigned from which some have swerved, having swerved, have turned aside to vain... I love Paul's language. He gets very creative. Jangling. Vain jangling. Why have some turned aside? Why are there so many false religions in this world today? Why do they exist? Why are they here? I heard a guy say one time, I, I, th- I think man created the idea of God so they wouldn't fear death anymore. Heard a guy say that. And he had a very, very, very good argument for it. He would back you down. I mean, he would get you. He said that we created God. But the the song says, and and I love songs, and I should have had Bible for it. I was in college, and he would argue with anybody. But the song says, if there's no God, then explain the mountains. If there's no God, then explain the sea. Tell me there's no higher power and I'll tell you what Jesus did for me. And that's about the extent of it. That's about as far as it goes. That's about as far as he went. Whenever we begin to talk about what God has done for me, whenever we begin to talk about the things that that men can't explain that Jesus has done, that God has done, then the basis in that no longer belongs in fact. It belongs in opinion. And people can have very, very, very different opinions. Have you ever noticed how many different kind of vehicles is in the in the parking lot? Brother Ed drives a Dodge. I wouldn't be caught in a Dodge. I wouldn't do it. Brother Randy drives a Ford. I wouldn't be caught in a Ford. Matter of fact, that, that van that we were planning to use for the, the trip to Mars is still in the shop because it's a Ford. 
I'm not sure I want to be caught in it. Others wouldn't dare drive a GM vehicle. General Motors are sold out. Why is that the case? Why would I not drive a Ford? Because it's my opinion. I don't like Ford. Why would I not drive a Dodge? Because it's my opinion. I don't like Dodge. Opinions come a dime a dozen. Whenever we begin to interject our opinion into the Word of God, then it becomes vain janglings. Whenever we begin to pull verses out of the Bible and, and stick them over here and say, I believe this, where did it come from? The Bible. So you don't believe the rest of the Bible? No, I believe this. We can take words out of the Bible and we can form almost any sentence that we want to. There's a game we used to play in elementary school. The teacher would like write a bunch of words on the board. And you had to take all of these words and you had to form as many sentences as you possibly could. It was a fun game. But people tend to take words out of the Bible and form sentences. And then they form beliefs based on these sentences that have no basis in gospel. That have no basis in fact. That they take things out of context. They take parts of verses and they leave out the other verses. One translation of the Bible says all things are always good for Christians. I think that may be the ESV or the coaches Bible. It's one of them. It says all things are always good for all Christians. That's what it says for the, for the, the verse in Romans 8 and 28. The Bible does not say that. It does not say that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Unless you don't believe in Jesus, then you can't. Unless you ignore Christ every day of the week, then why should he help you? Unless you never darken the door of a church, never crack the spine of a Bible, but you put Philippians on the side of your football helmet, how far is that going to get you? That is vain janglings. And Paul said that some have turned aside, that some have swerved. Well, in our day, it's a lot. It's a lot more than some. We had Bible Club meeting this morning, and, and there were some kids sharing some of their testimonies. And I pray for these kids a lot. Some of them have been told that they were saved. They have no experience with Christ. They have no idea what, what it means to, to believe in Jesus Christ. They can quote you John 3.16, but they don't know what it means to be convicted of your sin. I asked them, I said, tell me about whenever you got saved. Well, it was, it was a whole bunch of us. The preacher said, it's time for y'all to get saved. Do y'all want to be saved? And everybody said, yeah. The preacher said, well, repeat after me. And at the end, he said, you're saved. I said, that's bull. The Bible don't say anything about that. If you believe in your heart while you're repeating after a preacher and you believe it to save your soul, God will save you right there. But if you repeat words and that is the basis for salvation, that is vain jangling. And the next time somebody says it, that they were repeating after for a, a prayer for a salvation, we can use that word. That was vain jangling. That you were swerved aside. That you'd been turned. That you were no longer practicing 
sound doctrine. That you had given heed to fables, to lies. That somebody somewhere, no matter how pure of intentions, it all began with someone teaching some other doctrine. It may not be that coach. It may not be that teacher. It may not be that preacher. They may have been told that they were saved by repeating a prayer. And whoever told them that may have been told, may have been told, may have been told, but it started somewhere. It started with somebody. It started with some person teaching another doctrine. Teaching something other than Jesus Christ. Teaching something other than being saved for by grace, for by faith through for by grace through faith. That's it. That's it. Faith can save you. Words can't. Faith can save you. Baptism can't. Faith can save you. Making it to church can't. Faith can save you. Buying a golden ticket to heaven can't. Faith can save you. Calling in to an online church and then giving you a credit card number can't. Faith can save you. Reading your Bible can't. And any other doctrine is false doctrine. Any other doctrine is vain doctrine. Any other doctrine is jangling. Anything else is wrong. Paul began his letter to Timothy by saying this. Paul began his letter, his entire conversation here that he has in 1 Timothy is what, six, seven, six chapters long? And he started out with don't you preach anything else and don't let others preach anything else. Don't let others spread things that are wrong. Can we misunderstand things sometimes? Anybody ever done that? Just just smooth misunderstood what somebody was saying. Somebody was trying to get across. Why do we do that? Because not every single person thinks exactly alike. I think very, very different than Brother Corey. Brother Corey thinks very, very different than Sister Marietta. If we all thought the same, then the world would be a great place. But we don't. We all think a little bit differently. Things can get twisted. Things can get crossed. But if it is not based in thus saith the word of God, if it is not taught in thus saith the word of God, then it is wrong. And that we can agree on. Paul stressed to him. Not to teach any other doctrine. Not to let anyone else teach any other doctrine. As we go out, as we try to witness to this world, as we try to be that, that testimony, that living testimony, as we present ourselves a living sacrifice for God in this world every day, let's remember that, that Paul stressed to Timothy not to teach any other doctrine. Not to stray from the gospel. Not to stray from what he had been taught. Not to stray from, from, what, from what Jesus said. And as we go into this world, we should go with the same mindset. That we should never stray from what Jesus said. That we should never stray from what God put here in His Word. There's a lot of things that I'll argue with people about. But Papa always said, he said, if it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to argue. That made a lot of sense to me. There's, there's a lot of things that aren't in the Bible. But the Holy Spirit gives us guidance, gives us direction to the things that are in the Bible. It may not directly say in the Bible, do not 
drive your Chevrolet truck to the beer joint and then get out drunk and take a cab home. The Bible don't say that. Those words aren't in there. The Bible says to be sober. The Bible says to, to be not given to drunkenness. The Bible says do not give yourself over to strong drink. That wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And the Holy Spirit leads us there. If we'll let it. Well, we have a verse of a song. I'll we'll ask for a verse of invitation.